host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. We are going to jump right into it this Sunday, right at noon o'clock here with Ames, Iowa boys head basketball coach Vance Downs, uh, the 2010 uh, USA Today National High School Coach of the Year multiple state championships, just a tremendous, tremendous resume, and just really excited to have him on here uh, this uh, this afternoon, especially on short notice here. So, uh, Coach Downs, everything's going well in Ames, Iowa today? All is well. It's a beautiful fall afternoon, and uh, we're looking forward to getting started with basketball. Yes, yes, it is closing quick. It is closing uh very, very quickly here. It uh, doesn't seem possible. We're starting open gyms this week and um, getting going with stuff. And yeah, it's 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 going to be here before we know it. Well, we're certainly excited here in Ames. We, have, we can't start until November 16th, but we also have open gyms that are starting. And the kids seem to have a very positive attitude and they're excited about the winter. So hopefully COVID uh, um, restrictions will uh, will work, and uh, everything will go on a positive note. Yeah, and and I think for the winter sports, um, kind of a you know, it, it, there's there's not many, there's really no major positives in this whole COVID situation. But when you're thinking of of COVID in in general and and having activities up and off the ground, um, I really feel bad for the fall sports coaches who are kind of the guinea pigs to all of this as we try to get back to some semblance of normal and figuring out what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done. Uh, you know, games, you know, we've had a few football games here in Nebraska where teams have canceled literally right when they're getting on the bus because of a positive COVID test by somebody, which I think is the right thing to do. Uh, but that's, that's tough on players, coaches, parents, and everybody involved. And hopefully we'll be able to streamline things a little bit more going into the winter. Oh, I hope so. I know that uh, Ames has had to cancel for two weeks because we had to go to 100% online because of positivity rate. Mm-hmm. When it went as high as, I think, 24%. Wow. Uh, but thankfully, it came down, and uh, the kids are back in practice today, and uh, we'll start with the 50% uh, in-person instruction tomorrow. So at least at this moment in time, we seem to be trending in the right direction. But if I've learned anything about COVID, it seems to change. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take long. So, well, let's move on from COVID and, and let's talk some hoops here. Um, you're, you're a longtime head coach in the Des Moines metro area. Um, here's a question for you uh, that I think is, as, as an Iowa guy, um, is Iowa an underrated state in the pecking order of the quote-unquote basketball states? Well, you know, if, if you're going to ask me who is an Iowa guy, <laughs> of course, Marty, you know yeah. what answer you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we're a small state. You know, we're approximately a little over 3 million people. So the, the percentage of kids might be a little lower, mm-hmm. but uh, the quality of play is not. So, mm-hmm. uh to answer your question, certainly I'm going to say yes, and I think people are surprised at the level of talent in the, in the state. Yeah, well, I grew up in in Northwest Iowa, and you know th- there were there were times where you know a, a Friday night in Northwest Iowa, if you've got a really good game, you could have two thousand people in the gym with people waiting outside the door, and I think that the passion for basketball in the state of Iowa is really 
underestimated nationally in a lot of ways, I, I believe, anyway. Um, and, and you've been kind of at the crux of that with the, with the teams that you had in the late aughts, I guess we'll call it, um, where you, you had a, you know, two undefeated seasons back to back and you got to kind of got to, you got the opportunity to sell high school basketball in, in Iowa. Um, and, and did you feel like that was, you know, it wasn't part of your job, but you had the opportunity to do so? I, I think you thought of the opportunity at the time, but uh, tr- truthfully, uh, it was so busy, and uh, there there was so much media attention that it, it was kind of uh, maybe an exercise in survival day to day. In a bad way, yeah. You you were just trying to uh, uh, do your job, keep it as as normal as you possibly could for the kids, uh, meet recruiting obligations, media obligations. Um, but as time has passed, you kind of saw that, hey, what a, what a great opportunity for the state to get to see, or not the state, but for the, for the nation to see uh, what kind of ball players we have in the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. How, how interesting, or I want to say interesting, uh, you guys are, are Des Moines in a, a smaller version of Omaha, where you have a, a lot of different uh, types of schools. And I was going through the, the CIML lineup here. Uh, you have suburban schools like Johnston, Waukee, Southeast Polk. Uh, you have kind of what I call standalone schools like yours, Ames, uh, you know, closed enrollment, I guess, uh, Ottumwa, Fort Dodge. You got a private school in Dowling, and then you have, uh, you know, the Des Moines public school system. Uh, it's a it's a very diverse group of schools that you guys go and, and go head-to-head with uh, each and every year. Uh, describe to our listeners uh you know what it's like to to play in such a competitive conference, but to have so many different schools from so many different backgrounds. Well, it's it's a very unique uh, situation. We call it uh, the suburbs, the cities, and the countries. And, and even though Ames is a college town, we, we we fall like we you know we tend to fall into the country, and it's just kind of that isolated enrollment thing that you were talking about, Marty. Mm-hmm. But you know, each school has a significant amount of talent, and they seem to play a different style. And any Tuesday, Friday, Saturday can certainly be uh, a very challenging situation. And uh, I think there's tremendous coaches in this league, uh, you know, through and through, outstanding guys that coach their tails off. we got hardworking kids and talented kids, as we mentioned before. Uh, but uh, it, it is kind of a neat deal where you have, uh, uh, you know, different schools, different demographics, uh, uh, different situations and uh, different styles, and uh, but it's all it's all really good. Yeah, I was uh, as I was prepping for this, I, I looked up uh, every every podcast. I have a Don Meyer quote of the day, and on on your teacher site um, uh, for Ames High, you have a Don Meyer quote. So I'm going to use your own Don Meyer quote as our Don Meyer quote of the day here today. Uh, do the next right thing, and you're as perfect as any other human being. You gotta, you gotta love Don Meyer, don't you? Oh, absolutely. He the goat. Uh, when when we were young coaches, we had an opportunity to go down to Tennessee and uh, share one of those great clinics that he always puts on. And uh, um, you know, I had seen some some films before we went to the clinic, but certainly after going, I was. Uh, I, you know, I was addicted. I just anything Don Meyer put out was obviously really good. What a what a uh, terrific human being, uh, first class coach, 
you know, and he's, and he's sorely missed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so influential. Um, you know, you you, you kind of know a real coach from uh, a younger coach, or I guess it would be more now, it would be veterans like you and I from the younger folks who, you know, are you in the Don Meyer club or are you not? Because, you know, coach has been gone for a few years now, and um, I, I think it's an important part of, of our legacy to continue to pass down the influence of Coach Meyer to our young assistants and, 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 our, and our players as well because he brought so much to the game, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And just, you know, the work ethic Coach Meyer had, uh, even as he ran into some health difficulties later in his life, uh, you know, I think was a great example for young coaches, for old coaches, and how much he was willing to give and to share. Uh, you just don't see that as much uh, in today's world. And uh, he, he did it on a daily basis, but yet uh, extremely demanding of his players. And I think his players benefited a, a great deal from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think what we need to understand as coaches is it's our job. Uh, if we're doing our job correctly, uh, our players should probably be a little frustrated with us when they're leaving the gym every once in a while because we're trying to get more out of them than what they think they're capable of, of bringing to the table. Don't you think, Vance? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a great point. I mean, great great players want to be coached. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it is our obligation to coach all of them. And uh, there are going to be days of frustration. There's going to be days where it can be, uh, 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 there can be some friction, no doubt about it. That that's just part of coaching and part of playing. How do you how do you handle those situations when, when that comes about? Well, I mean, I personally, I've just taken them head on, and we have those moments. There's no doubt about. Uh, uh, having those moments with kids and you know some people think the great players uh, just absorb coaching automatically some of the great players uh, you have a lot of those moments with they're stubborn they're very talented they don't have to do anything different uh, because they're so gifted and uh, uh, you've got to be straightforward with what you're trying to teach to them and you've got to listen a little bit and when you have those difficult moments you certainly have to make sure that you follow up and, and those kids know that you love them, you care about them. Uh, you're just trying to coach them and help them do the best they can be. What uh, you know when 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 you, we have kids like that, how much of that has has changed for you? Do, do you feel like uh, players are more sensitive to coaching today in some regards, but in some ways they're more open to coaching? Like it, we, I feel like some sometimes we have two different universes that we're we're dealing in where we have so much coaching going on but at the same time you know kids will say well that's not what i want to do or i feel like and they're not going to say that per se but do you you understand what i'm this is a really poorly worded question here coach (laughs) but do you understand what i'm trying to get at uh you mean kids that might be less receptive to coaching yeah but they say they want to be coached you know, uh, yeah, I, I see your point. We're, we just try to stay as consistent as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, kids are going to be stubborn sometimes. I think sometimes more today than in the past, kids absolutely have to hear why, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, maybe even more so than in the past. Uh, you know, parents have to hear why. Uh, I, I don't think kids in general have changed a whole lot. I think the people around the kids have changed. Uh, you know, kids are kids. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but uh, you know, I, I I found that I just try to be as consistent, and uh, I stay, I you know, I, I stay after them, and uh, you know, usually there's buy-in, especially if they see success. Uh-huh. Uh, and fortunately, here we've got a lot of kids that have come through that have seen a lot of success, so that certainly helps you. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, when you can just point at the wall when a kid has a question, that's that's the thing. You know, there's a picture of Harrison or Doug or Fred or or Dick Gibbs or you know another player hanging up and. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the kids get it, but it is certainly a challenge. But I think, it, you know, if, if you can reach them, and especially if you can reach them when they're young and you have a relationship with them uh, coming through the system, that uh, they're more receptive to listen. How important was it, and I, and I know it was this way with uh, with Harrison and, and with, with Doug, uh, your best players were your hardest workers and probably your most coachable players. How important is that for a coach to establish that precedent and that relationship with your best players? And, and again, you know, Harrison and Doug are two extreme examples. Um, you know, but every you know, there's a pecking order on every team. You know, and, and how important is it to establish those relationships? Well, I, I think it's important to establish relationships with all the kids. But mm-hmm. right. your, your best players, there, there probably has to be another connection there. And uh, um, if, if, if people see you coaching that that young person hard, uh, they understand that you're going to coach everybody hard. But as you said, Doug and Harrison were uh, exceptional kids, exceptionally competitive, wanted to be coached. Uh, you know, and they, they weren't afraid to challenge things either. They felt, hey, it should be done a different way. They may challenge at times, and uh, uh, we certainly saw our way through those those moments. But uh, just terrific young people, and all were they very very talented. Mm-hmm. I I know you have a couple of, of videos out on championship productions on uh, you know transition and and pressure and and things like that. So I'm going to bypass that kind of getting into your own X's and O's philosophies because. Uh, if if coaches want to see that stuff, they can go to Championship Productions and get that. Championship Productions owes me a royalty now for plugging that, so be sure to let them know that, Coach. Um, <laughs> I want to talk to you about a few other things. Um, attacking zones. We, we It's been a little while since we talked about attacking zones on the pod. What are some things that you guys use at Ames High to attack zones and to get the looks that you want uh, I'm, I'm imagine when when you had Harrison and that group, you probably saw a lot of zone defenses, and you and you had to come up with some creative ways to to beat those zones. So, uh, could you go into that for us a little bit? Uh, you know, players today want to hold the ball so much, and, and and back in the day, you know, our kids wanted to hold the ball a little bit too much. We we reinforced just a, a common phrase that sounds you know elementary, but it's just hot potato. And what we're trying to do is get kids to move the ball. So we, you know, quite often we're saying hot potato tilt. And so get that ball moving, get the ball in the high post, get the zone tilted attack, attack from there. But as far as anything that we may do that, that is, you know, different than what we've done in the old days is uh, we're, we're starting to screen the zone a little bit more. You mm-hmm. know, we didn't ball screen the zone quite as much uh, 10 years ago. And now, now we're starting to screen ball screen the zone a lot and create those gaps and, and the plus one situations on the front side. But, uh, uh, you know, other, other than that, I think we do what everybody else does. You know, we just try to have great ball movement, uh, odd versus even, even versus odd. But we are trying to, to ball screen it more, and we're trying to lob it more. Mm-hmm. 
do you when you when you're screaming screaming screening where are those uh screeners starting from are you are you putting somebody at the high post and then popping them out and, and having them set the ball screen there or is it a perimeter to perimeter screen and trying to find the slot what's kind of your philosophy with that well it's been more the high post uh, receiver you know that you can use as a high post receiver or a step out kid so you know he's he's got two roles right there that you have to uh contend with or plan for but letting the high post man come out and screen the zone and then you have an inside out ball screen you play down in the gap and like I said you hopefully have a plus one on that front side now or you have a scoring opportunity so we've used that a great deal against a number of zones um, and the same and really against the even fronts odd fronts we've done the same thing and then the one three ones making a comeback, and uh, we tried to do a little bit of that where we're screening the middleman of the one three one and playing downhill. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, that's 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 good information. That, those are uh, very good uh, thoughts that I think our coaches will be able to use. Um, you, like we talked about, you're in a. Um, little bit more of a standalone school and, and aims there you don't have uh, a bunch of kids coming in and out or you don't have the opportunity for transfer kids as as would um, you know schools here in Omaha or in in Des Moines there uh, but you've been very very successful and you've you've developed a great program what are kind of the steps that you've taken to develop your program that is a a, a quote-unquote country school against the the urban schools and and stay competitive without perhaps the opportunity for player movement i guess we'll 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 generously call it that um that that the the kids from ames ames middle school are going to be the kids at ames high marty you're doing a heck of a job with being uh, selective with your terminology <laughs> well hey um you know it's it's the year it's it's an election year so I'm I'm just learning I'm just learning from uh, all the major news outlets how to twist my verbiage to to fit the situation. <laughs> how about that? Well done, well done. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll try to answer that question as best I can. We've kind of looked at our program as a developmental program, and we started a youth program uh, uh, my first year called the Ames Basketball Club, and we fortunately have an AAU program here in town. So. Mm-hmm. Well, we are, you know, basically what we're trying to do from uh, grade school as early as we can up to when we get them is that kids play basketball uh, at at any level they want. But the important thing is that they're all playing basketball. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe the the kids that are a little more talented at a younger age go play AAU. The kids that maybe are feeling their way out or want to play multiple sports are playing in that ABC program. And that, you know, by doing that, they all get fundamentals. They keep working on their game. They keep growing. We get to know them, build relationships with them and their parents. And then by the time they get into ninth grade, uh, we can hit the ground running and uh, 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 hopefully have success. Now, we are, we, we have had good fortune. And it just, you know, we, we are a basketball town. We, we have kids come through this town. Uh, that have been really good and we still have kids that are coming through that are really good so that's certainly helped us but we we have always looked at it as we have to maximize uh, every player's abilities and help them get as close to their ceiling as possible and if that's going uh, you know 13 and 10 in a year because that's just the talent level we have then, then that's a job well done on their behalf if it's going 26 and 0 um, uh, you know that you know whatever the challenge may be but 
Uh, I mean, the kids work extremely hard. And then once we get them in high school, uh, you know, we're going in, when, when it's legal. We're going all summer long uh-huh. uh, until fall sports start. We have our open gyms, and then we, we go as hard as we can through the season. So I don't know that's a whole lot different than other places. I, I do think that we do give uh, uh, every kid their, their due uh, um, their fair uh, opportunity to be coached and get the most out of them. How much of a uh, bonus or an aid has it been to have all Iowa attack right down the street for you? Well, I, I think it's a heck of a deal. I yeah. mean, uh, um, and you know, as AU has, has grown, I, you know, Marty, you, I think you probably remember uh, back in the day when there wasn't very much AU in Iowa. Yeah. It was all yep. high school. Mm-hmm. You know, as AU has grown, it's, it's more of a not fight against it, but accept it and work together for the benefit of the kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's been a uh, a tremendous benefit to this particular high school. I can only speak for us mm-hmm. uh, to have a program in town because kids that want to really excel in this game or want to focus on playing, they can find an opportunity right down the block to go play. Mm-hmm. I, I think for a lot of high school coaches, I think you're right with that, Vance. That um, for a lot of high school coaches, and I, I'm pretty. I, I think I was probably in this this bucket where it felt like. I, you know, am I not good enough for you <laughs> type of a thing? Um, why, you know, why would you want to go to somebody else or you should be in our system all the time so we can perfect our system, so to speak? I, I think a lot of high school coaches felt that way for a while. And, and I think that that pendulum has swung where now I'm like, hey, I want my kids playing AAU. Uh, as I get older, that's one less thing I have to worry about. And that's more work that they're going to get in. And if you get in with the right AAU program, and, and most AAU, I think AAU gets a, a bad knock like politicians sometimes, we, we point out the worst of the worst, but the vast majority of them are, are good people who are in it for the right reasons. And, and I think that we should, as high school coaches, use that to our advantage uh, more than making it a territorial issue. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. I mean, there's, there's good high school coaches. There's, there's some that aren't as good, and the same thing applies to AAU. And I think it goes back to can you do your homework, can you build relationships, you know, do you know the people? Are they doing right by your kids? And if you have those things in place, uh, it's it's a big positive because the the rules in Iowa aren't going to change. They aren't going to let us work out these guys, you know, uh, during the school year and the off season. So mm-hmm. uh, more opportunities for these kids to build their game and keep getting better is just going to help us come uh, 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 November sixteenth. Yeah, exactly. Um, two more big things here. Uh, if you could, and, and I know the medium is not perfect for this, but if you could uh, give us one or two really good out-of-bounds plays that our coaches could use uh, to get a good look off of a, a maybe one baseline out-of-bounds play and one sideline out-of-bounds play. Well, you know what? How about if I give you, since we're on the phone, I'll just give you a concept Okay. Uh, for a baseline out-of-bounds play, and I don't care what, what uh, uh, set you're in or how you want to do it. But we simply, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll back up a little bit more and just talk about the inbounds process because we can talk about that on the, on the phone. Okay. Uh, if I am the inbounder, I will, I will stay inbounds until I receive the call from the coach. Mm-hmm. That way, if I'm not, if my guys aren't quite set or everybody doesn't have the play call, the official can't give me the ball and start the count. 
he has to at least ask me to back up to, to get the ball. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And when we teach our inbounders, we say, even when you make the call, when you get the call, when you make the call, you've got to be in play, stand in play until everybody's got it. Nine, nine times out of ten, the official, if, if the official's rushed, he's going to ask you to back up, which is going to buy you more time. Mm-hmm. And then we tell him if, if uh, you know, it's, it's just going crazy and we have all kinds of problems, simply bend over to tie your shoe. <laughs> yeah, that's an old man trick. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and this, just the concept that, that uh, I'll share on the phone because it's kind of tough uh, is the concept we call eyes. And anytime uh, from the bench that, that uh, you know, the, the signal changes, obviously, but if, if you point to your eyes, you're telling that inbounder, hey, you are going to lob the ball to the rim, and the closest player in the offensive set is going to go get it. So you get a short clock situation, you get a matchup situation. We're calling eyes, and they don't even signal that on the floor. The inbounder just has to raise his eyebrows uh, to the rim, the closest guy knows, and they put it to the rim for a dunk if you're really talented or hopefully a quick put back uh, if you're not. But just the concept of that inbound strategy and eyes has really uh, treated us pretty well. I never had that play called for me when I played. Yeah, yeah, that the the 5'10 kid with the with the 16 inch vertical lift lift did not uh didn't get those uh called for him. So, uh but that's okay. That's okay. Um it, maybe if we were playing on Nerf hoops, maybe I would have gotten that one called for me. So, um so one last thing here and I know you're pressed for time. Um game your your game day prep, your your game day procedure uh, maybe kind of go through maybe uh, your day before, uh, how you're prepping your team. I know everybody kind of has a different philosophy of, of how deep or thorough they go through with their with their scouting report. What do you guys do there at Ames High to, to get your kids ready uh, in the, the 24 hours or so before before a competition on a Tuesday or Friday? Well, uh, well, I'll take you back to maybe 48 and just, just okay. kind of cut to the chase is that, uh, you know, most of our games are Tuesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. We usually get a two-day prep heading into that particular game day. So usually the day after the game is uh, where we fix our mistakes. Uh, we have a heavy skill development session, and we might start implementing some things that, that we need to be successful in the next game, whether it's an offensive uh, look, or if it's just guarding concepts, and we don't present plays or anything like that. We're, we're just guard. So if it's a rip cleanup, we we just start guarding that type of action. We don't tell them what play this is or exactly how they do it, just so they get a muscle memory built for what's coming on the next day. Mm-hmm. Day before the game is heavy scout. Uh, you know, all all onto that opponent, and we try to break it up into the big five. And we just say, here's five looks that they're going to do uh, that we've got to be on top of. And maybe we can be just a step quicker in these, in these things. And then we do the same thing for baseline out of bounds. And then we present any special situations. And uh, in the film room then, so we, we'd have practice. We'd go through the scout. We'd guard the big five. We'd have the big five under, underneath out of bounds. Uh, after the scout, we go to film. We have approximately 18 clips. Uh, that they go through, and uh, it's all reminders of the big five that we're guarding, what they like to do offensively or defensively. 
And then we have one coach that just simply breaks down individual tendencies. Nothing on uh, scheme. It is just individual tendencies. And what what happens is he has this up on a board, and it just looks like a massive shot chart of every kid over the last three games. Mm-hmm. So we presented the big picture to him, and then we present, hey, this is what the individual strengths are of these kids. And that's at the end of that second practice. And then we come back the day of the game and we have a GDP, which is game day practice right after school. And then we put that all together in about uh, a 65, 70-minute workout just to get us a step faster as we head into game day. So in a nutshell, without getting into the specifics, that that is kind of what it looks like for kids and their preparation for each opponent. How, how difficult is it? Uh, are you able to get that GDP in before every game, even like a, a road game or that type of thing? Or what do you do if you're unable to get that in? Um, well, since we've started doing it, uh, Marty, I don't, I don't know any day that we haven't been able to get it in. Mm-hmm. We, run, we run into more problems with teams coming in at an early hour for their, for their lower level games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Than, than we do for just leave times. Mm-hmm. And uh, really how we combat that as best we can is, is we get uh, uh, free throws, shots, and that big five in right away. And then we, we always rep. The GDP allows us to go through every one of our special situations, you know, full court, three seconds left, what are we doing? Half court, three seconds left, you know, that all, all those situations. That's the end of our GDP. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if the school comes in, those might get cut short, but we, we go early enough that we make sure that uh, the, the specific opponent things are done mm-hmm. first. Gotcha. Gotcha. Coach, any social media you want to plug at all for your program or yourself or anything? Uh, Anti Hoops. Anti Hoops Twitter. Uh, that, that is our, our social media platform. It's been really good for us. Andrew Zalaski. Uh, runs that for us along with many posts from Jeff Sinus, both assistants in the program, both do both do fabulous work, very talented kids, kids, men. <laughs> and, uh, along with the, the hard work of Dana Goodwin, uh, I, I got three of the best assistant coaches that you could possibly ask for and uh, all would be great head coaches in their own right and I'm fortunate enough to have those three guys working their tails off for inside basketball. Well, we want to thank Jeff for bringing us together as well today. So, um, big, big thanks to him for for bringing us together, uh, Coach. I, I again, thank you so much for coming in on short notice. I know you're you're cramped for time here today. I appreciate the half hour that you're able to give the podcast here today, and uh, you know, I just wish you nothing but the best of luck there. Uh, keep Coach Finley in line over there at Ames High or in Ames, Iowa, and. Uh, you know, I hope everybody's able to get going on November 16th uh, everywhere we're at. So, Well, thank you, Marty, and I appreciate you having me on. And I wish you a great fall and a healthy winter, and uh, hopefully we have a great basketball season. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, just hold the line here real quick, Coach, and we'll, we'll sign off. Uh, again, Vance Downs, uh, the head boys basketball coach at Ames High School in Ames, Iowa. want to thank him for his time. We want to thank our sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic. Follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Uh, we try to put out daily coaching stuff on, on the Twitter site to help coaches out. Uh, email us if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coaches, as always, let's pray for peace. Let's stay safe. And let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.